The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. Uh, Utah Jazz earlier today, as you just heard, they if you missed it, Jazz played the Nuggets earlier in the day, 11.30 tip-off. Uh, I hate the midday stuff like that, especially in the playoffs. It doesn't <laughs> seem right. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's what it is. And uh, Utah Jazz played uh, they played well in the first quarter. They started to get down. They were down at half. And then they came out just firing on all cylinders in the third, took the lead, and held on to the lead pretty well through the fourth, and it was a really close game. Jazz had their opportunities, but uh, some bad decisions late. Turnover, uh, Denver gets back-to-back possessions, and they score. They force overtime, and then the Jazz just flat out out of gas. And yeah. uh, Was it four straight possessions with turnovers for the Jazz? Meanwhile, Denver's coming down and popping three-pointers and Murray getting what was awesome. they want. Murray just really came alive in the second half. So Jazz down 0-1 in their series against uh, Denver Nuggets. Yeah, five seven six three texts it in. Uh, says and he's right on cue with all. But the Jazz will need to stop Murray to see their way out of this series. I turn on the game to start the second quarter with Mitchell at two points. What an amazing performance by Donovan to finish near sixty. Cannot agree with you more. I thought Murray was really good to, to beat the Nuggets. You got to beat Murray. Uh, and I thought Don was really good. But the thing is that everybody's focused on Donovan is not as fifty seven points. But that one crucial turnover where he had an eight-second call on him turns into a Nuggets three. They go into overtime. Jazz lose. If they don't have that eight-second call, do they get a two? Do they get a three? They go up six, seven. Game is maybe over at that point. That's the unfortunate thing. Yeah, well, Denver had scored. And then Jazz possession. Donovan's little lackadaisical getting across midcourt. Ref calls him on it appropriately. Yeah, should. And Denver comes back and gets another score. And just like that, it's a game where the Jazz were in control and then they lost that control and had to fight just to get to overtime. So, it's uh, the team's going to be mad, but they're going to know they can still play with these guys. Yeah, and that's Even the though thing. they haven't beat them you at all this year. have a ton of confidence right now. They know they can play with Denver. Don't go, don't go down 0-2. Split the series, go 1-1. Whenever Mike Conley gets back, if he does get back, I mean, we haven't heard anything yet, by the way. I think he Quinn's been asked about it, and he said, you know what, Mike Conley's going to take his time as he should. You know, when, he, if, when and if he's ready to come back for the series, we'll have him. Um, but uh, I just, I'd love to see Mike Conley back for a little bit to see what it could do for us and help us out, take some pressure off of a couple of these other guys. I thought Juwan Morgan, uh, you said he was a plus seven. If I'm not mistaken, really good stuff. Plus 17. Yeah, really good stuff from Juwan Morgan today. Uh, glad to see him get those important minutes, and glad to see him uh, pay off well. Yeah, but going to need some more help from like, oh, George everybody. Yang. Oh, yeah. Gonna need more I'm help from Bradley. I'm done with George Yang. Done with George Yang. I still have hope for Bradley. I, I think Morgan, Bradley, and uh, Clarkson are going to have to be your three key bench guys. When Conley does come back. Well, frankly, I was a little surprised we didn't see Mie Oni at all today. Oh, yeah. yeah so I wonder if that, that changes uh, for game two or not. Sure. Because in the uh, games where he's been playing a lot of extra minutes, I-, I thought he's looked probably the most consistent of those third string guys. But uh, we'll see what kind of adjustments this Jazz team makes. Again, they play game two on Wednesday at 2 o'clock our time.
Yeah, and again, that might interrupt once to me. It will interrupt our show. We'll keep you updated on what time we'll be getting on air. We will be on air, hopefully, and uh, give you a, a recap and hopefully a better recap of a positive Jazz win. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. It, we'll have the full play-by-play here, and then we'll have the breakdown uh, immediately <laughs> afterwards here. Hey, did you have fun Friday night? I mean, I know you were busy running around the whole entire building, as you always do as a vice president, and, and helping out, but, Eric, it was so good to see football on a field, finally, here in the Valley. In that aspect, yes, it was fun. Uh, training two new people and still having a few technical glitches was hey, not Hey, I fun. did my best, okay? I know you trained me, but I did my best. Yeah, you and a bunch of other guys came into the studio where I was trying to figure out a game going on, and we missed a break because we had like well, don't seven people in the studio your, no, all talking. Don't blame me for you missing a break, Vice President. Hey, let's all go in and see what's going on with these guys. <laughs> trying to help two teenagers and manage five was, extra people in the studio that don't belong there. Dave Simmons on the call, too. Yeah, it's like, oh. Well, I guess we're not going to take that break. <laughs> what? Ah, oh, dang it. I love you blame me, <laughs> jerk. Uh, Eric. But, you know, you're right. It was fun to have and, and to hear local sports. And there were some great games. There were some games that, eh, not that great. But, uh, but it was fun to still have high school football and hear it going on. And it sounded like it went well. Yeah, uh, I let's start off with the game. Easily the game of the region, uh, off or non-region play here in the Valley Ridgeline. Winners forty-two thirty-eight over Pineview. Uh, what a night for Kane Cox! What a night for Travis Cox to get his first win as a head coach. Really good. I'm still very terrified for their defense that they have continued to struggle to stop teams. Well, they had a, a probably about three uh, potential interceptions just go right through the hands of their secondary. Uh, they had multiple opportunities to pick off passes and to stop drives. Uh, so they're, you know they're going to be working on that uh, this week. Um, but uh, they were right, great opportunities to do it. Pineview is a team that can sling it around. I mean, that's a high-scoring, powerful offense yeah. from uh, last year. They did that last year. Um, but uh, that Ridgeline team, you know, DeMooney had a great what 73-yard run early in yeah. the game. So it's, uh, yeah, so they've, they've got some offensive power, but... How well can they do defensively? See what kind of adjustments they make will be really interesting. I still have a lot of confidence that they can do some damage, though. I still think that's a really good football team. If they can get their defense short up, uh, fix some of those gaps and holes, then they're going to be just fine. But, uh, again, a really good win for Ridgeline. Good way to start off the season against the always good Pineview team. Pineview's always loaded every year. So be able to beat Pineview again. I think it's the second year they've done that. Yep. The second year in a row. In the uh, opener. It's not, not a bad way to start. Um. Uh, the other uh, big win, Skyview over Stansbury. That game closer than I expected. It hey, so what happened? So they were up 35 nothing or 21 nothing. Did they just, I mean, because they are so well coached over there in Smithfield. Incredibly well coached. Did they take out starters? Or, I mean, what happened with, how did that lose yeah, that, that lead I like don't that? Uh, I, I don't know how that happened where Skyview did have a really commanding lead, had full control of the game, and Stansbury came back and made it interesting in the second half. Yeah, that's uh, that's just really weird for them to have a breakdown like that because they're so good, uh, like I said, so disciplined. That's why they've been successful for the last few years as they have been is because they're so well coached and they're so well disciplined and nothing new with this new coaching staff. But to see them have a 21 nothing lead and then see it evaporate like it did and win by eight, 
gives you a little cause for concern. You know, where's that? You know, finish him off while you can. That's something that Mason Fultz of was so good at as the leader of that squad is, look, when we have their, you know, our foot on their neck, let's end it. We're done. We're, we're not letting any hope come back to these guys. Well, and, that's one of the big storylines for the Bobcats. Can they exist without Mason Falslov? How well can they adapt and move on and have other players step up? Because it's their opportunity now. Um, but still, it's a good win. Stansbury was not a bad team last year. No. So it's a, it's a good win for Skyview. Um, another game that was uh, – uh, a couple other games that – that were good for Region 11 teams. Green Canyon uh, going to Tooele and taking care of business, 42-13. to 13. Yeah, this this offense, we talked about it on Friday, Eric Lundin as a quarterback. They've got a great running game. They're very balanced offensively, but their defense is really good. You know, as I talked to a couple people who were at the game, uh, I was covering Mountain Crest, but, you know, they said they're, the defense is physical. They they get after you, and they, uh, and they uh, are really – Feisty, I guess, in the defensive backfield. They're aggressive with their blitzes, but they don't miss tackles. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Very uh, little room for error if you're on the other side of the ball. And I just, I again, I thought their offense was as advertised, but I thought their defense was really what uh, shined for me. Yeah, this is a Green Canyon club that feels like the opportunity is there for them to win the region. Uh, they feel like Skyview is maybe a little bit more vulnerable. Skyview has to go to Green Canyon. So uh, the, the biggest games for the Wolves happen on their field. So it's going to be a really interesting season for Green Canyon. But again, it's about getting out of your own way, right? I mean, I think last year they had the exact same kind of situation, but they lose by eight to Skyview, and then they turn around and get shut up by Mountain Crest six to nothing. They get out, you're going to have to be more consistent. If they can do that, they're going to be okay. Uh, another Region 11 team that did well was Bear River against Juan Diego. It was on the road at Juan Diego, but it came at a, at a steep cost. They went 39-20, to 20, started out really, really well, and then a, a really bad injury to their quarterback uh, after it looked like this was a team that was going to have some promise and had some excitement building for, for what could have been, a, they thought, a special year for them too. Yeah, Josh Payne goes down with an injury, uh, I believe, in the second quarter. Things were looking pretty darn good for them. As you mentioned, they got off to a really hot start. Uh, they led 20-7. to And then after Josh Payne goes down, they bring in a sophomore quarterback, and then it's back-to-back-to-back turnovers. Just not, And luckily for them, they have a great running game. It's led by Case Bucket-Jones. He had three touchdowns that night. Thought he really showed well. The thing about Case Bucket-Jones is he's a downhill guy. He doesn't juke around you. It is just, if you're in my way, I'm going to run you over. There's no fanciness about it. He doesn't dance. That's what makes him so good, and they have a great running game. If they can keep that offensive balance attack, I don't know how long. I've heard rumors, but I'm not going to speculate. I don't know how long Josh is going to be out, but if they can find a balanced attack offensively with the passing and running game, it's going to be a good football team. I don't know if they can contend with Ridgeline, but I think they can, uh, they can give them a run for their money. A couple teams didn't fare quite as well. Uh, Logan and Provo was a close battle. Not a lot of offense in this one, mostly a defensive struggle and uh, just not a lot of offensive firepower, Logan uh, Grizzlies anyway, going into the season. Uh, but they gave themselves a shot, but still Provo got the win 14-7. to um, uh, The Logan is uh, trying to find... You know, their identity for trying to find who they are, what they can do still, I think. You got to be proud of the Grizzlies, though, right? I mean, you, I mean you're I mean, you playing a Provo team. You have, you know, you lose Isaac Larson, who's arguably your best player, as Al Lewis told us on Friday, maybe the best player in the last two, three years, and he goes to Skyview. 
I still think you got to be really proud of Logan, what they did. Nothing to hang your head about. You'll lose by seven to Provo squad, who is... Provo usually higher, has a little more talent. Classification. Yeah. I think yeah. I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be okay. We'll see how they can do uh, next week. They got a tough opponent, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, they play Stansbury next week. Yeah, and Sta- again, Stansbury gave Skyview a run for their money. So uh, if you can go out there and you know just defensively stand your ground and offensively put up 14, you know, 20 points, you might have a chance to be able to hang with Stansbury even beat them. Uh, and then finally, it was a rough night for the Mountain Crest Mustangs, Boy. thirty-four yeah. to eight against uh, Salem Hills. It was thirty-four nothing at halftime, Eric. This thing was long gone over by then. The unfortunate thing for Mountain Crest is they've lost a ton of talent offensively, including their leading rusher and their uh, Mister Do It All guy in Hunter Schroeder, who played both sides of the ball. He was a great running back. He was a good linebacker. And then defensively, I thought Mountain Crest would show up better defensively. Oh, again, the return of Elijah Jackson. Uh, one of the leaders in on that defensive group. Uh, they have uh, the Veer, the Veeder kid. Yeah. You know he he actually we really had the highlight play of the night for Mountain Crest on a seventy seven yard uh, uh, catch and go that got Mountain Crest to the three. But it's just I mean it was really really a rough start for Mountain Crest. But Eric Salem Hills was picked to be in the state championship again. Salem Hills is picked to be in the final four. That's that's gonna be another good football team for the second year in a row. So. You, you got to kind of look at the competition you're playing and say, hey, look, there's a reason why they are being favored to be one of the 4 4A title contenders and and say, we got to regroup. They got another tough game, Eric, going to Wasatch. Wasatch is always a really good football team. Uh, they they run the ball extremely well. I know Mountain Crest uh, hung with them last year, but again, this is a different Mountain Crest defense. They have a lot of losses. Uh, and I just, offensively, they got to find a way to figure it out and do so quickly because. Going with that common offense where you're turning over the ball consistently and killing yourself with penalties is not going to get it done for Jason Lee and the squad. And then finally, Box Elder and their opener, 20-3 to on the losing side against Kearns. Uh, interesting week two matchup as Box Elder at Green Canyon. Uh, I like this game. Box Elder, higher classification team. Just, you know, uh, what are they going to look like? What kind of adjustments are they going to make? Green Canyon looking really solid as they get started for the year. Uh, it's a it's a little regional rivalry. It's always fun when Box Elder plays teams in in Cache Valley. So uh, I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup this Friday. Yeah, there's some good ones. I, I like the Box Elder Green Canyon matchup. I believe they met last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, they played by- up on Merlin Olson Field, didn't they? I'm trying to remember in the Rocky Mountain kickoff. No, because wait, wait, one of those games happened and one of them didn't. No, both games happened because there was a rain delay. Do you remember the rain delay that happened and it, like delayed it forever? Who was the first game? There was Logan and Preston and Skyview. Skyview was oh, the first game, right? Skyview. Oh no, Skyview was the second game. Logan beat Preston, um, but Skyview tr- just trounced. Who was it? Was it Madison or something? Some small Idaho team that came out into the field and it was over early. There was like a big lightning storm and a rain delay, and then. Yeah, Skyview uh, beat up on an Idaho squad. Uh, you know, Box Taylor and Green Canyon's going to be an interesting game. Expect that to be a physical battle. Um, Green Canyon, thanks, John Russell. Green Canyon played a Box Taylor last year. Oh, okay. That's that's I was, was going to say. I know that they played last year, too. Current is going to be a good football team. And Box Taylor will, will be interesting this year. Uh, they lose some talent offensively, but I still like Box Taylor uh, as a whole entire squad. 
I don't think that they have a shot versus Green Canyon. I think this is a blowout in the first quarter. I think Green Canyon's that good, that balanced, that loaded. Hey, if you think you've got an idea of who's going to win, how things might play out for this, uh, the games this Friday. I need to look at my results. How did I do? You, uh, you did actually quite well. Of those who filled out their brackets for the games on Friday, you were number one. Shut the front door. Yeah. If we were giving away prizes for how things went in week one, you would have won. Now, we wouldn't have actually given you the prize because you're an employee. Well, you gave me a prize for my pick six. That'd be cool. I wonder how that was. I tried to give you a prize earlier today. No, and you totally rejected no, it. No, Eric. One day leftover tater tots that you brought from home from Taco Time doesn't do it. They weren't. They weren't a day old. Yes, they were. They may have been a few hours old, but okay, they well, were still delicious. And you didn't bring any green sauce. If you're going to bring me tater tots, bring me the green sauce. So uh, go to... Uh, hey, where do I go to find my pick'em? So you, uh, it, it, the website is cvpick'em.com. Oh. Uh, we do have links on our, on our page, 1069thefan.com, also on cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, to get there, and you can log in, create an account if you don't have one already. You can see what the matchups are going to look like for for this Friday, and uh, if you get the the highest points, you get the the, the best score this week. You could win one hundred dollar gift card to McDonald's. So pretty sweet, hundred dollars to McDonald's, not too bad. So anyway, go log in, create your account, uh, see all the games. Make your picks. Uh, the, there is a cutoff time. We've left it open until 5 o'clock on Friday. You don't need to procrastinate, but you can do it as soon as you want. But uh, don't wait until after Friday, uh, 5 o'clock on Friday. You'll miss your opportunity to win $100. Uh, the whole contest is, is courtesy of uh, the Logo Shop. They're going to have some great prizes for us as we go throughout this contest. Uh, but also the grand prize, whoever does the best through all of this, a 65-inch TV, courtesy of Lens Audio and Video. Hey, so, can we? Hey, a lot of great prizes. Hey, wait, time out. Get. If one of us wins that, we can put that in our studio, right? <laughs> hey, Eric, speaking uh, of prizes no. and great giveaways, we get to go back to our Berta Berta play of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. The old Gristmill right. bread and butter play of the game, uh, courtesy of Skyview. And uh, we thank old Gristmill for being awesome, awesome, awesome sponsors. Uh, here's how it goes. We're gonna get, John Newbold announced the old Gristmill bread and butter I have to say that so slowly now. Play the game after the game during his post game. And he told you to call in to today's show when we announced it and tell us what was the play actually in this key were, I guess this uh, this one, plays uh, of the game. Who won or uh, what was it? And if you get the answer right, that means you get... A loaf of bread, courtesy of Old Gristmill, and their bread is incredible. Old Gristmill is the place to get your good bread. I love, love me some Old Gristmill. All right, so uh, f- call in during the break and let us know if you know what those plays wa- were. If you can correctly identify the bread and butter play of the game from Skyview's game on Friday, you could win some bread courtesy of the Old Gristmill. Stick around. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
Got to make sure my mic is on. Want to let you know that uh, A1 Automotive and Performance, they can help you extend the life of your vehicle with their regular preventative maintenance. You can visit them at their new location. They're now at 1065 West, 600 North in Logan. And uh, I know Ajay's weird Uncle Larry, he he does a pre-travel safety check before he heads out on vacation or anywhere that he may be going. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but, but go to A1 Automotive where the professionals will do it for you. Like, not me, but professionals. Real guys who are educated in that kind yes, of stuff. Yes, they know what they're doing. A1 Automotive. Uh, you can also go check them out at uh, online. A, the number one, autoperformance.com. That's A1 auto, autoperformance.com. We appreciate them for sponsoring our show and being a part of what we do here on The Fan. And uh, also want to give a shout-out to Neil Murray, who called in during the break and was the first to correctly identify the bread-and-butter play of the game from the Skyview Bobcats, their game against Stansbury. And there was a series of defensive plays for the Bobcats that helped to seal the deal. Um, there was a the, the Walter Collins tackle for loss. Evan Hall got a sack. And Evan Hall and Thor Griffin uh, combined for a sack, which forced Stansbury to punt and uh, help Stans- or Skyview to win the game. So a defensive series was the bread and butter play of the game, courtesy of the old Grist Mill. So congratulations to Neil Murray in, lis- in uh, listening to the game, listening to the broadcast on Friday nights, and then uh, listening to our show to correctly identify. So... Listen to the Skyview game on Friday night. Uh, John Newbold will identify what the bread and butter play of the game was from the old grist mill. And then the following Monday, we'll repeat it and see who uh, who knows what it was, and we can give you some free bread. Yeah, we'll do it every Simple Friday as, as long as Skyview has a game. And, uh, again, tune in to John Newbold and Rex Davis, and uh, we'll we'll put it up on Monday and find out who, uh, who comes out. It'll so I like how you said, so long as there's a game. Yeah. So we already know the start of the high school football season was affected before it even began. There was supposed to be a Thursday game. Uh, it was going to be a televised game, the first game of in the country. But it got canceled because there were some players on one of those teams testing positive for COVID. And we knew when we talked to uh, John Oglesby from the Utah High School Activities Association that there could be situations like this that could occur. Um, we hope that it doesn't affect or happen to any of the teams around here, but it's it's, it's bound to happen at some point. You just hope it's not a, a bad situation. But uh, as you said, we, we hope and cross our fingers that all games happen as they're supposed to be, but there's a chance that some games may get interrupted or changed. Oh, boy. And we... Trying to confirm that there may be one of those situations happening this week. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're staying in touch with a couple of people right now, and uh, Eric's doing a good job of making sure that uh, we have legit information. So, um, and it is coming from a legit guy, so we're just making sure the information is generally true. Hey, really quickly, go ahead. Sorry, I'm gonna say I got another text that came through. Okay, just gonna do this real fast. No, please, by all means. Okay, so I I got this. It says. You gave him old tater tots! Exclamation point. Yes, yes. Ask him what his One favorite candy old. is, and I'll get him a good treat. Okay, um, this is coming from the missus, so she's watching out for you. Oh, you know, Mrs. Frampton, you've always been really good to me. Um, I know you've invited me over to the house for a couple times to watch a ball game and have some pizza. And Eric has—I've uh, knocked on the door, and Eric won't open it, and he just <laughs> keeps telling you that it's a salesman. It's not. It's me. 
Um, so next time I come over, I'll just call you um, uh, directly, get to you. I won't use the extension. And uh, maybe you could let me inside the house because I'm sick of just sitting outside waiting to, for someone to open the door. I remember one time your kid was going to come open the door and you said, nope, nope, it's a, it's a badger. It's a badger. And you wouldn't let me come in. <laughs> I heard you through the door. Hey, you can hang out with the puppy. You can hang out with the dog. That's you know? fine. I mean, Play look. catch. You, it's look. I, she won't bring it back either to Either I come you, over but... and hang out with the dog or you come over and hang out with Reggie. You got two choices, buddy. Uh, it's, you know, it's sixes. Reggie, and, no, well, Reggie just Reggie shuts up and watches back. the game. Yeah. Okay, I was going nuts in the conference room today. Poor Ryan and James were sitting there watching me like, you know, play Quinn Snyder there for a little bit, directing traffic for the Utah Jazz. Hey, by the way, someone came out on Twitter, had good eyes on this. So when Donovan Mitchell, on that eight-second call, inbounds the ball, Eric, the shot clock's at 22. When they, when they call the eight-second violation, the shot clock is at 15. That's really weird. And like there's a video of it. Joe inbounds the, to Donovan. The shot clock's at 22. He touches the ball. Shot clock goes. Jumps across at 15 and they call backcourt. Or 8 second, excuse me. Just throwing that out there. I'd have to go back and watch that in real time. What was your quick thing you wanted to mention? It was that. Hey, uh, let's actually hear from Donovan, shall we? Oh, man. I don't know if I want to, but yeah. Donovan's made some uh, comments after the game. Uh, first, let's get to his praise of Juwan Morgan. And he deserves praise. Played well. Didn't score a lot of points, but he was active. He pulled down rebounds. I uh, thought he played some pretty decent defense for the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell praising the rookie. First off, I'm going to give a huge shout-out to Juwan Morgan. Um, very impressive, you know, for a rookie to come and start his first playoff game and do what he did and contribute the way he did. He did a hell of a job on Millsap and whoever was guarding extra possessions. Um, so huge credit to him. I know a lot of people were kind of probably confused and, and figuring out, but he, we trust him and shout out to him for stepping up. Uh, here's some more comments from Donovan just about the Denver um, and some of the shots that they made and uh, being ready to try to face the Nuggets. All this comes from the summer and or whatever you want to call the break that we had. Uh, it's really where a lot of this comes in. You know, you can do a, a little body work here and there now and take care of you and eat right and, and, and drink fluids. But, you know, for us to be able to, and that's not just for myself, but for as a whole, this all was all over quarantine. This, this just continue to work out and get your body right. You know, and I think, guys, we've all done a great job of that. Um, and obviously, it's a tough one to lose like this in overtime, but there's going to be a bunch more. I think guys, including myself, are ready. Um, but it's, it's 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 not much you can do now. You know, it's either you're ready or you're not. And I think the rest of I think we're all ready. You know, we see it, guys. We're ready, locked in. Jamal made some tough shots. You know, Joe did a hell of a job with him late. He just hit some tough shots. Uh, Jokic hit one, a few. Uh, but we executed a lot of things right. Uh, we just got to go back to the drawing board and just be ready. But a lot of it is really what you did before you got here. And I think our effort today as a, as a unit, I think, showed the work that we put in over the break and coming into here. Uh, one last thing. Donovan talking about execution. You know, this is a team that lacking some key playmakers scorers, producers, without Mike Connolly, without Boyan Bogdanovich, everybody else executing as they need to is going to be, it will have to be the key for this Jazz team to stay in it in this playoff series against the Nuggets. Execution, that's, that's, that's really it. You know, like I said, 
Joe and Rudy did a great job in the two-man game up top, hitting tough shots. Um, it's just execution. You know, I I think for myself, getting into a uh, – when they're hedging, trying to split it instead of just attacking, you know, little things that we can control. And that's why I think, you know, we're in a good place because a lot of the mistakes or a lot of the stuff that happened late game, we can, we can fix. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, they hit some shots, and we just got to be ready to execute. And I think that's really all it is. Can I just make one request? Yeah. That when they do post game, can they spread out a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, it's listening to Quinn on on the TV, and you could hear you can hear somebody the, else yeah. nearby talking, and just hear Donovan here. I thought we were supposed to be six else. feet apart, people. Yeah, let's, make it work. Um, put up a blanket, a curtain, or something. I don't know. It's weird. It's hard. You know, I, I I feel bad for Donovan because again, Eric, he puts up fifty seven points, which is Jazz playoff record, NBA playoff third highest scoring total in a game. Behind uh, uh, Michael Jordan and was it uh, was it Elgin Baylor? Can't remember who had the other uh, who had sixty one. But uh, again, everyone's going to talk about that turnover. He's going to think about that turnover. He's not going to think about the fifty seven and how he saved his team from getting blown out by thirty. He's going to be thinking about eight second call. That sucks. And that's too bad. But that's the way it is. I think Donovan comes back just as aggressive, just as angry. I think he has another great game, but like we mentioned in the 4 o'clock hour, he's got to have help. He's got to have help from somebody else, especially coming off the bench. Clarkson's got to be a little bit better. Nying's got to be a lot better. Nying's got to get off a get off of a basketball team, take off the jersey, burn it, and then uh, go work at McDonald's for all I care. Please, just quit playing basketball, buddy, for the sake of everybody on your team. Minivan delivery driver. Uh, yeah, go work for, uh, yeah, yeah, do that. Um... But someone's got to help off the bench. I thought Juwan Morgan in his first start was good. I, I'm with you, Eric. A plus 17. I, I thought he was decent. It's just unfortunate that uh, Donovan didn't get enough help tonight. But, you know, and well, today, and the other thing, again, we look back, Eric, over time, your first four possessions, you don't even get a shot off. It's all, it's all turnovers. That, that doesn't help you at no. all. No, that was that was tough to watch. Royce O'Neal just didn't have his stuff offensively. Oh, he was bad, yeah, all the way around. So, yeah, Donovan needs help. Uh, Rudy needs help. Those two guys, when they're not on the court, this team is so drastically different. Yeah, Donovan played 43 minutes today. I expect him to play near that on Wednesday, near that again on Friday, and depending on what the series looks like, probably over that on Sunday, which is really exhausting. But that's that's what you get when you're when you are the scorer of the team and there's nobody else there to help you out. That's just how it is. Dude, Gordon Hayward is catching so much crap right now that the guy's trending on Twitter. What? And not for good reason. Why? Well, Al Al Horford deed him up. Uh, where <laughs> Gordon Hayward was just dribbling from left to right, going absolutely nowhere. Horford deeds him up, and he takes a shot and airballs. Um, and dude, I mean, look, Boston fans are as moody as Jazz fans. Because Boston can turn on you in the snap of a moment. Like, Gordon Hayward had a great bubble game. Uh, I think it was game three where he played really well. I think he had 24, uh, six boards and five assists. And Boston fans were, you know, lauding him for it. The next night he scores like, or not next night, like two nights later he scores like seven points, poor shooting. It wasn't great from the free throw line. Um, And Boston just lit him up like he was... This crappy chew toy that they got instead of a shiny new theme, and and, <laughs> and I uh, I was reading one of these uh, you know how Twitter is these days, but someone 
I probably shouldn't read this. <laughs> Someone tweeted out, they got Black Lives Matter on the court everywhere, and Gordon Hayward refuses to give up the ball on a three-on-one fast break. <laughs> so horrible. Uh. You know, but here's the thing. Gordon Hayward is, like, when he, and he's been the 2015, 4, 14, 15, like, vintage Gordon Hayward in this restart, if he can keep that going, Eric, he's going to be, um, he's going to be a big part of why the Boston Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals. I seriously think he can be that good. He's, he's got to find it, and dribbling from left to right and airballing a shot isn't going to help, but again, being productive will. Two minutes to go in the second quarter. Boston leads 48-43. to 43. Uh, Hayward does have two points, but he also has three steals and three assists and a rebound. Uh, Jason Tatum has gone off in the first half. 19 points, a Ooh. block, and seven rebounds already. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> what? Uh, holy heck. What, uh, is Embiid playing today? He is, isn't he? Uh, Embiid is playing. He started. He's got He's got 13 points and nine boards and a steal and a block. So, All right, Embiid versus Tatum. Let's do it. But he also has four turnovers. Oh, that doesn't help. More than Did you see else. a step back three that he hit, by the way? He hit a step back three. It's kind of nice. Uh, hey, let's do this. Let's call a timeout here in the full court press and let's let's uh, look to see how we did with our pick six. Since we're talking about scores and things that happened over the weekend, let's see how we did individually on the things we thought might happen this weekend. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Well, let's call uh, Mrs. Franson and uh, let's do a live. You know, Audrey's going to pick his treat. Over the air. By the way, you never said what you, your favorite treat is. Yeah, I'm still deciding. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. And the best part is he's talking to a chick just before that, and then he opts on, like, all right, yeah, I'm going to get my uh, six miles in. <laughs> cardio. Just it's a video it. of this guy who's, like, in the background of a video. <laughs> oh, God. But you can see what he's doing. He's kind of strutting his stuff. He goes over to a treadmill to start running, but the treadmill's already going at, like, full speed. Just bodies him. <laughs> Meets him at the rim. <laughs> yeah. His feet come out from underneath him. His head slams on it, and it just like shoots him off into the wall. And the best part is the guy getting interviewed looks back like, "Why is this guy in my gym?" It's like, "What just happened?" Oh, the guy's just chatting up a chick, and then all of a sudden, like, "Yeah, okay, I'm getting my six miles in." Talk to you after. Bam. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rex Chapman. Always provides smiles. <laughs> uh, let's do an update on our pick six. Let's not. So at the tail end of the, of a week. We try to predict six things that might happen over the weekend. I pick three things. IJ picks three things. And then on a Monday, we see how well we did. Uh, let's let's start off at the top. Damian Lillard points versus Memphis on Saturday. We set the line at 32 and a half. I went under, you went over. How many points did he have? 31. We had a lot of really close ones on this one this week, Ajay. That's great, Eric. So one point for me. Uh, John Morant assists versus Portland on Saturday. Uh, the line was set at six and a half. I went over, you went under. He actually had eight. So, so far, two for me, none for you. 
Uh, runs scored by the Chicago Cubs versus the Brewers on Saturday. The line was set at five and a half. I went over, you went under. They scored five. So you got that one right. So now it's two to one. Uh, Ridgeline points versus Pineview. Uh, the line was set at 23 and a half. We both took the over on that. They've killed it. They went. They got 42. So right now it's three to two. So it's really close. It's just about anybody's game here. Uh, Coyotes and Blackhawks in the NHL playoffs at this when we did this neither one had won a game yet in their series and so the question was who gets their first win first I took the Coyotes you took the Blackhawks well the Coyotes got their first win on Saturday the Blackhawks got their first win on Sunday so I've got four you've got two and then the last one Skyview margin of victory versus Stansbury we set the line at 14 and a half we both took the over well, Stansbury kept it closer than that. They kept it within eight, so we missed on that one. So, for those keeping score, Eric for AJ two. Sorry, man. Cool. So maybe I'll go buy you know, some got tater tots, stick them on my counter, let them sit there, and bring them to you tomorrow. It's hot outside. I just leave them outside and keep them warm for a while. Oh, that's nasty, Eric. Shame on you. Shame, shame on you. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> <laughs> or I could keep him in the car with the windows up. Oh, That'll really warm him up. Oh, that's gross. Um, Eric, have you seen this Cleveland Indians baseball? Like, So MLB's already just been a joke so far this, uh, this season. I mean, bubble breakers, curfew breakers, um... All just all sorts of issues left and right. Did you hear about? I mean, the the whole Cleveland Indian situation with their two pitchers. I've just heard that there were some pitchers that broke some protocol. It created quite a division in the locker room in the yeah. clubhouse, and uh, it got pretty testy, from what I understand. Yeah, it was uh, Zach Plezak and Mike Clevenger. Uh, Clevenger and Plezak, they're they're two fifths of the Indians' rotation. And by the way, that rotation has a major league best right now, two point four three ERA. Um, they uh, they broke protocol of of COVID nineteen, the major league uh, rules for COVID nineteen. They broke the protocol and will spend at least ten days away from major league team. Uh, and according to Jeff Passan, they had this meeting, you know, as players and managers and such. And and some teammates accepted the apology, but a lot of them did not. They were either angry over the actions of the team or some other players and what the you know the the risk it puts on the team itself. Um, it's it's just a huge huge problem right now, uh, but it also um, puts just damage onto the rotation. The rotation has been so good so far. Again, they lead the league right now with a two point four three ERA, and now that's probably going to take a huge hit because you're bringing in. I don't know, I guess uh, a bullpen that's going to have to get milked a little bit. That's two starters, man, that, that are out. They left the hotel on August 7th, and uh, they they're just they participated in things that they shouldn't be that broke protocol. And I don't know if they were, and they didn't go into specifics of what it was, but uh, please, that got caught trying to return to the hotel early the next morning on August 8th. He was sent back to Cleveland, and uh, his explanation on uh, Instagram uh, did not make teammates that much more happy. So, and you know what? 
uh, kudos to that organization yeah. coming down on those guys. Yep. Because like, we know, look at the Marlins example. When you're out, you're not taking it seriously, and you're very casual about the whole protocols that are in place, your team can miss games. Your entire team will be affected by your singular actions. So I have no problem with that Indian ball club saying, hey, you guys messed up. You, we can't be doing this. If we want to be able to play games, because we're, I mean, they're competitive. They're in the central, right there in the hunt. Uh, an opportunity to do something in the postseason, maybe. And you guys are going to screw this up for the rest of us? Yeah, they have every right to be upset. Well, and, and the teammates have came out publicly to the media because they were interviewed about it, you know, and asked questions, and they were very upfront. They said, hey, look, this is, this is stupid. Um, they, they, they put our team in a huge danger. Now, they were both tested for the coronavirus, tested negative, but it still upset some players because they felt like they were at risk, including uh, Carlos uh, Carrasco, who uh, he was treated for leukemia last year. And he said, this is so dangerous to allow them back into our locker room, into our clubhouse, and, uh, and, and be a part of our team after going out and being completely and willingly disobedient is how he had phrased it. And he said, I'm trying to put it nicely because they are my teammates, but they have put our teammate or put our team and our staff in a huge amount of danger. It's just, it's scary stuff. And then on the other side, Eric, St. Louis Cardinals still aren't, like right now they're not going to reach their 60-game mark. They've got to play 55 games in 40-something days. That's, and that's going to be including doubleheaders. They had a seven-inning uh, doubleheader earlier today. And they may not finish those games. My question to you is because they're going to be taken up by winning percentage. If a team doesn't complete or reach that 60-game mark, should they be eligible for the playoffs even though they have a high winning percentage because they had less games? I think it still goes by your your winning percentage. Uh, it's going to happen. Even if you played lesser games than everybody else, yeah, because you... I mean, the same thing applies to the Marlins. They're not going to be able to make up as many games. And there's probably going to be some other teams that have to miss some games, and it's just they have to be able to say, "Look, this is the win percentage." Otherwise, it's going to sometimes from external factors that had nothing to do with the players. Something could be introduced, and it affects their team. So I, I think you have to go by percentages. I think it's unfair. And I mean, and a lot of teams around the league, and especially in the National League, are complaining about it right now, saying, for example, your Cubs are, could be affected in this. If they have played more games and they finish three to four points lower than the Cardinals do in the winning percentage category, and it screws them over, that's got to be frustrating to Cubs and their fans. Like, Look, we played the full 60 games. We played the full schedule. These guys were six to seven games short of that. And they still get in over us. Yeah, it would be frustrating. Look, we're trying to do everything right. We are following the protocols. We stayed safe. We stayed healthy. We were able to play the games. We traveled. We played at home. We did everything right. And we played the maximum number of games to get here. But at the same time, Ajay, I think that because of the current environment, I don't think you can penalize a team if there's a coronavirus outbreak on the yeah. in the clubhouse. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, and and that makes sense to me. I just I feel bad for those other teams that might get pushed out because team played less games. And like you said, I mean the Cardinals and the Marlins will may and most likely will not be the only teams affected by this. There are probably there will probably be other teams in that same circumstance. 
So, I mean, it gets interesting. Hey, another topic I wanted to bring up with you really quickly. This Big Ten situation has gotten really bizarre. I mean, you've got players and parents, you know, arguing to the Big Ten. They want to know how the results came about. You have a Big Ten, uh, uh, I think it's an AD, that said they had no idea about the vote. Oh, no, excuse me, a school president. president. Who said said there wasn't a vote. Yeah, they had, yeah, and they didn't know the results and how they got the results. It was just a discussion. And that they were all, they said we were all on the same page, but there was not a vote. There's not a formal vote because everybody wants to know how did it go down? Like who voted for it? Who voted against it? And the Big Ten presidents are all, now they're being pretty coy about it. Just like there really wasn't a vote. We just all kind of discussed it and then the decision was made. Does the Big Ten, or excuse me, actually, let me ask you a two part question. One, does the players and parents have a legit argument in this case? And two, is the Big Ten play? No and no. Uh, I think ultimately still it lands with the school presidents. They made their decision. The commissioner uh, was on board with it. They made their decision. Uh, whether it was 12-2 to two or 7-6 to six or whatever, I mean, it just had to go down to, I guess it would be 8-6. to six. But I think it goes to, um, you know, the, the majority wanted it to go in this direction. And it wasn't just a, a simple majority like eight to six. From the earlier reports, it sounded like it was twelve to two from the first time we heard about it. So the majority of the schools felt like this was the direction to go. So I don't think it's going to change anything by uh, from parents and some players making noise. Um, it, it's ultimately going to be shut down anyway. I mean, do you hear about what's going on in North Carolina today? They have they're calling them clusters. COVID, uh, COVID clusters, outbreaks that are happening in various different uh, on-campus housing units at North Carolina. Oh, yikes. And today they've announced, just as they were starting to get school in session and all the students, now they had to send them all home and say, we're doing online only. Uh, Greg Sankey with the SEC, uh, his commissioner, came out today and said, uh, seeing the, some of the pictures and the videos of crowds of people attending some of these pregame events or festivities on campus. It says, quote, I'm concerned over some of the images we have to adopt that we're all in this together uh, type of thinking. We have to all adjust. Well, it's... What did you think gonna be was con- going to happen? Yeah, there's going to be more outbreaks at these campuses. What did you think was going to happen? You're going to have a bunch of college kids who are going to get together and go party. And you know what? They probably, 95% of them, won't wear a mask. What did you think was going to happen yeah, I see here? these pictures in these college towns like Tuscaloosa. Big crowds uh, in town and on campus. You can probably count on one hand how many people are wearing a mask. Yeah, there was a big party in Tennessee. And it was full chuck of people down the street lined up partying, uh, having a beer, and, and no mask at all whatsoever. What did you think was going to happen? And I, you know what? If any of your athletes are there, wow. So you're right. I guess that uh, kids going home would have been worse than kids staying on campus. Jeez. Unreal. They aren't going to play football. Like, there's no way this is going to work out. All right, going to take uh, one last time out. We'll come back to with some final thoughts here on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson on the Full Court Press. We alluded to this earlier, but now somebody else is uh, 
confirming this, but uh, we heard a little bit earlier that Cyprus has had to cancel their game against Ridgeline because there were two positive cases. Uh, two positive tests came back for Cyprus. So Ridgeline needs an opponent. Looking to play somebody. Who, who are you going to get, Eric? Yeah, I don't know. At this point, everybody else has yeah, games Yeah, everyone scheduled. else has games. Uh, I guess maybe you could find a team in Idaho. Because their, their season doesn't start until next week, but I don't know if they'd be ready. I don't, I don't think they'd be ready. And I don't think Idaho, like the school board, would allow them to do it. And it has to be within driving because distance because you can't go overnight. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you have to, like, I mean, they're being very cautious over there in Idaho. I don't think they're going to let them come over and play a game a week earlier than their schedule. I would highly doubt they will. Boy, that's big news. Again, Dave Fox and John Newble, that it kind of let us know, too. I want to make sure I get credit to him. The yeah, line. We first got the news from Newbold. Uh, we've been trying to get some verification on that. Dave Fox now is tweeting it out uh, from ch- Channel 2. Two positive COVID-19 tests. Ridgeline says they'll travel. <laughs> oh, boy. I feel bad. Yeah, I don't know who has open weeks this yeah, time I, of the year. Yeah, week two, they wouldn't. Nobody would. Not in week two. Week five, maybe, but not now. Boy, uh, well, there are no open weeks for uh, when you, when you look at the high school schedules. They don't have bye weeks. Yeah, that's true. Did they used to? I swear they used to. If they did, it's been a long, long time. That's too bad. Doggone it. So again, Ridgeline against Cyprus. Uh, Cyprus has some positive cases. They're going to shut down. They're not going to play this Friday, according to some reports. Uh, don't know if Ridgeline will play Friday or not, so stay tuned for that. We hope to get some answers soon because you don't have a lot of time to figure out another option. But uh, hmm. well, I feel bad if that game doesn't happen. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.